Hello and welcome to Murder on Her Mind. I'm Caitlin O'Malley and I'm your host of this podcast. Well, how are we all doing, everybody? I want to say sorry that I didn't post a podcast last week. I didn't know that my assignment for my English teaching course actually had a due date. So, um, I had to focus on that at the weekend. And um, I had a lot of stuff to do on that on the, um on my assignment so I was like fuck I'm like what do I do I was like do I just do my podcast or do I do this work I'm like no I should probably do the work so yeah my apologies that I did not post one um last Thursday so yeah that's that's totally my bad and I was just kind of used to summer weekend too so um that's like basically all my fault (laughs) no 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 excuse really apart from um that I literally just ran out of to do the podcast and I just really need to get this assignment done. I hope I did okay in the assignment, otherwise I'm fucked and I'm just starting all over again, but we shall see. We shall see. Um, I have no crazy updates at all. Um, Chris and I are going camping this weekend, so as I'm like my weekend coming up, so it'll be a week ago that you guys will be hearing this, so sense i don't really know what i'm talking about but yeah so we're going out it's gonna be really really nice this weekend there's like it's gonna be like 15 degrees where we're going camping and we've got a nice view of the mountains and some sunshine and my little brother kyle's coming i always call him little but he's actually taller than me and stronger than me um but he's my bff so he's going camping for the first time ever with us like he goes camping with my mom and dad quite a bit but never with my boyfriend and i so um our little camper van or trailer whatever you want to call it sleeps like six people so there's definitely enough space for him. I have a little furnace in there, so it'll be nice and cozy. It's definitely not as cold as that other weekend when I went camping, so that's nice. But yeah, it'll be a fun time. And there's another couple that are coming with us that usually come, like my friends, Isis and Taylor. So that'd be really, really nice just to hang out with them. Um, and yeah, that's really all that I have going on for life updates. It's so boring, as we all know. There's literally nothing really to talk about. Um, what have I been watching? I have been watching RuPaul's Drag Race UK. Now, what the fuck have I been doing with my life that I haven't started watching that earlier? I am obsessed. Obsessed with the show. Now, people have been telling me for like a really long time, like I would say nearly years, to watch RuPaul's Drag Race. And then one of my really good friends, Liz, was like, You need to watch it. She's like, You're gonna love it. She's like, Watch the UK one. And I think I just like ran out of stuff to watch. And I was like, You know what? I need something like kind of like lighthearted to watch. And I feel like the UK one's probably gonna be funnier than the US one. And I tried getting into the US one like probably like two years ago and it just like was like not funny to me. And of course, I watched the UK one and fell in love with it instantly. Oh, guys they are actual queens they're models they're i i don't even know how to explain how obsessed i am with these people um season two is fantastic and just their costumes their makeup their hair the way they act they they're just sassy beautiful angels that are put on this earth and i'm obsessed and i love them and i have a crush on every single one of them i would marry every one of them um, they're just great. They're amazing. I love them. Um, so that's what I've been watching. And then um, I don't really know. Like that's kind of like been probably the extent of like my assignment on television. Um, I also finished that It's a Sin show. 
and I think in my last episode I called it an AIDS pandemic <laughs> I meant to say epidemic so I'm really sorry about that um <laughs> that's really embarrassing but you guys could probably understand where I was coming from um you know pandemic we're in one versus epidemic so I'm really sorry about that that is available on prime it is one of the best shows that i've watched like dramas it's fantastic it's so emotional get the tissues out i think it's only about those five or six episodes again the boys in it are or the men in it sorry are absolutely beautiful like they're just oh i'm in love with them like they're such great characters and um neil patrick harris is in it and then there's this other guy to who um let me just see what his name is he's also like i'm pretty sure like a musician um from england so i just want to look up what his name is uh so his name is richie tozer um or tozer whatever the heck he's called but he's also yeah he's a musician and stuff so i'm trying to see what you know oh he's 30 years old i didn't know that but yeah, I have no, I have no clue like what band he's in, but he is in a band and stuff. But uh, absolutely brilliant actor, and uh, yeah, Neil Patrick Harris in it, which you know I don't really love him. He's not one of my favorite actors by any means. I think he's from like The Big Bang Theory or like How I Met Your Mother or something like that. Which both of those shows I actually couldn't stand. I know shock horror. Everyone always finds that really shocking that I hate those shows. I just sitcoms to me don't ever float well. If you're trying to make me laugh on purpose and it's supposed to be a com- like a comedy i probably won't laugh i like stuff where it's like like kind of dark humor where you have to kind of it's like a secret joke it's like an inside joke like not kind of like the office like i love office humor like it's like stupid humor but like also like absolutely hilarious like really funny quirky dumb humor i love that and like it's it's like not trying to make you laugh like they're not like cracking jokes it's basically the person it's like the people's um personalities that make me laugh like i love that i love it oh anyways and like so like the mindy project as well like those types of shows but even the mindy project i like lost interest in but yeah so watch it's a sin and watch the uk drag race the finale is actually next thursday and i cannot wait i can't wait to see who wins um bimini is my favorite queen i literally would like kiss her face like she is just stunning and like as a queen and then in her, I don't know what it's called, untucked version, I think is maybe the right term. I have no idea. I just love her. And when I move to London, I want to see her in real life. I literally want to get an autograph. She can sign my forehead. I just love her. She's fucking unreal. So those are some of the shows that I have been watching. And that's about it, really. I haven't been watching much else. I've really been listening to like a lot of podcasts. I've actually been like... I always listen to music going to work, but then I kind of stopped for a while. I was like listening to podcasts, like I switch it up. I switch it up quite frequently, but recently I've just been listening to music and pumping myself up, especially because the sun's been out. It's beautiful. I'm walking to work again. I'm not parking down like right downtown, so um, that's been really nice and just like pumping myself up, getting myself in a good mood. Um, and then, oh, I guess I have some other news for you guys. So as we know, like my work's been kind of slow because of where I work right downtown. I'm an esthetician. Um, I just picked up a part-time job as a nanny. So I'll be a part-time nanny for three boys and a little puppy. And I'm really excited about it. Um, it's obviously like not my first choice, but 
this girl needs to make some money we need to hustle we need to make some dollars get those dollar dollar bills y'all you know but uh yeah so that's something that's coming up so i'm gonna try my best to juggle two jobs my school and my podcast and then a social life so um i'm not i usually don't work very well with all those things (laughs) so we'll see we'll see how it all goes you know you never know unless you try but uh yeah, those are like basically all my major life updates that I have to get to. So I'm starting that job next week. So I think it's like March 16th. It's St. Patrick's Day. Um, and I probably won't be doing anything because money and COVID. Even though the pubs are open and everything. But we can't really see our friends anyway. So there's nothing really great to celebrate. I'm actually going to be in Canada eight years next week, which is insane. I can't believe I've been in this country eight years. That's fantastic. And I'm a citizen too. I've been a citizen. I'll be a citizen um, this year or for two years coming up this year. So um, that, citizen che- that, that citizen test is no joke. You got to study for it. It's not like some walk in the park. Um, for all the Canadians out there, one of the questions were... Um, I wonder what I get in trouble for saying this. Nah, fuck it. Um, one of the questions were, do you know, like, who was Wayne Gretzky? And the first one was, like, a fallen hero, a member of parliament. Um, there's, like, a famous person and then a, uh, a famous sports star, I think, was the fourth, fourth one. And the only reason why I knew who Wayne Gretzky was, because I couldn't give a flying fuck about sports. I know nothing about sports at all. Um, or sports heroes or whoever the hell you want to call them um, not that I'm bashing anyone who does like sports I just literally couldn't give a fuck it just doesn't interest me um, and the reason why I knew who Wayne Gretzky was because I was really drunk in my friend's basement one time and her dad is a huge fan of Wayne Gretzky and he had a carbo cutout of Wayne Gretzky and when I was really drunk and I went up to it and I took a video of myself licking Wayne Gretzky's face and putting on my snapchat because I thought it was hilarious and I was like who is this man and there all the people were like you don't know who that is oh my fucking god are you even Canadian like actually no I'm not Canadian I'm an Irish Irish immigrant who doesn't know anything about their own sports in their own country (laughs) even though I played rugby for like four years um and yeah so that was the only reason why and like her dad like literally has like a huge massive signed picture of Wayne Gretzky and stuff so yeah that was um that's the only reason why I passed that question but yeah everyone thought that was like hilarious that that was even a question on the Canadian citizenship exam but they really do ask it's like pop culture as well as well as like actual stuff about like you know Canadian history and indigenous history and all this stuff so um very interesting and very proud that we all passed it and now we're Canadian citizens so I have an Irish passport and a Canadian passport. Whoop, whoop. Um, but yeah, that's everything I have to say um, for my episode this week. Okay, this is what I'm going to say. Almost threw hands driving home in my car the other day. I was like, what the actual fuck? So driving home, put my favorite murder on. That's my favorite podcast. We all know that. This is my inspo. I live for these two women. And remember how I said in my last episode, I watched this really good show called White House Farm. 
and how obsessed I was and I wanted to do my story on it but I was like oh I don't want to do two UK stories in a row so I did the Everest story instead and I was like obsessed with it it's such a great show it's on HBO Max here in Canada and the US and then in England and Ireland it is on Netflix and it's called White House Farms Base of a True Story fucking unreal the acting was amazing one of the main characters who's a woman it was actually in Game of Thrones um don't know anyone's names sorry but I said I wanted to do that in my next podcast, which is the podcast that I'm doing today. And who the fuck did Karen decide to do today or that day? She decided to do White House Farms. I nearly shit a brick. I was like, are you kidding me? I was like, I literally always like try. I, I got so much of my inspo from them. So like obviously like a lot of my true crime stories I've gone from them. I don't copy them word for word, but like obviously I've been like, oh my God, I've never heard of that story before, but now I'm going to do my own research in it. But I was like, are you joking me? I was like, this one time that I think of a good story, they get to it first and I didn't record it. I was like, God damn it. (laughs) But um, yes, that's the story I'm going to be doing today is the White House Farm Murders. It's brilliant. I love it so much. Um, Just from like the whole story behind it, it's got some really good twists and turns. The actual story itself is horrific and so sad and very traumatic for maybe for some people and especially because it's got some stuff to do with children and everything um but brilliant story so i can't wait to provide you with that anyways guys i'll get on to the good stuff um and uh yeah happy listening please don't forget to rate review subscribe tell all your mates i've been i've been like practicing like my essex out um accent since i've been watching rupaul i'm like going down the pub with my mates gonna have a few drinks with the girls go out find some boys you know <laughs> all my friends in Ireland and they're gonna be laughing at me <laughs> oh man all my kids be like oh wow that's such a good accent and then everyone back home is gonna be like you stupid twat like what on earth is she doing anyways okay I'm gonna stop talking now sorry about last week I try not to do that but I was also just super overwhelmed with everything Anyways, goodbye and happy listening. Okay, so for today's episode, I am going to be doing the White House Farm Murders. Um, This is an absolutely brilliant TV series that came out in 2020 on ITV back home in England. And... um, you can also watch it on netflix now probably itv player and it's actually on hbo max here in canada so if you have crave you can probably watch it on there or wherever else you watch your um hbo series but it's bloody fantastic it's so so good and so well done um most of my information that i got for this podcast was from the independent um from murderpedia essex live and from the show itself now the show is obviously dramatized so not everything it um is based off of facts on that show but it is fantastic really well done actually one of the main characters from it she's from game of thrones um and i can't remember her name for the life of me but fantastic really really good show so let's get into it so on August 7th of 1985 is a date the residents of Tulls Hunt, Darcy, um, will never forget. And I'm sorry if I'm not saying that right. Um, it's a small little town in Essex. Now we all know Essex, or the only way is Essex at least. Um, it's brilliant. Just shitty reality TV shows in England, which we all live and breathe for. Uh, lots of fake tan, you know white teeth 
hoop earrings, the nails are done. Um, and it's great. It's brilliant. I mean, I'm not sure it was really like that in the 80s, but there's probably lots of other things going on that are still going on there, like the party life and the drugs and the glitz and the glam and the poshness of it all. Um, some Canadians, I feel like, don't know what the word posh means. It means, like, you're fancy. Because I all say posh. And it's like, what does posh mean? And I'm like, oh, it just means, like, really, really fancy. Think of the queen. <laughs> um, but also not as well. It can be quite tarty. And, we, yeah, that's all I have to say about Essex. Never actually been myself, so who am I to talk? So five members of the same family, um, including six, two six-year-old boys who are twins, were shot dead in their own home all in the same night. Um, so the locals, uh, Neville Bomber, his wife June, uh, their daughter Sheila and her twin sons Daniel and Nicholas were all found dead inside the White House farm. Um, which is, it's just awful. And even how much in the show, like how they go into detail with the crime scene, very, very accurate to the actual crime scene photos, I must say. So, um, local residents were just in complete shock um and just horrified the event could have even happened in the first place and so close and such a small rural essex village um so like what had happened that night so um in the early hours of august 7th uh chelmsford police station received a call from jeremy bamber also um known as bambi um which is like such a cute little name for this man (laughs) Neville and June's adopted son so he was adopted so the 24 year old which is so young same age as Chris pretty scary told officers that he had been phoned by his father who said that his sister Sheila and Sheila was actually also adopted had just gone berserk with a gun Um, Bamber also said that during the call the line had cut off uh, which made him panic about his family's safety. As a result, the police were sent to the White House farm to investigate. I can't imagine like the sheer panic, especially in a small town, being like, oh God. And like, now, as we all know, guns back home in England are, are not common. Like, you know, when there's crime, it's it's not to do with guns. And murders, it's usually not to do with guns. Like, that's more like gang related. And even still, it's probably knives and drugs that are killing people gun issue gun control is not a problem at all um which i'm very proud to say the states should take a few notes <laughs> um so despite being called around half past three in the morning or 3 30 a.m on arriving at the house shortly after police did not go inside the white house farm until 7 54 a.m they weren't sure if sheila was still alive and active with the gun so they were very very careful about entering um the residence as you know um sheila was actually known to have some mental severe mental health issues which we'll get into later on so in sound it sorry once they got inside they had found a horrific scene which a total of 25 shots had been fired from a rifle um neville the father he was found in the kitchen slumped over a chair with evidence of struggle surrounding him he had clearly put up a, like a fight um which was strange later on once again to the investigation as the rest of the bodies weren't found downstairs. So Neville, um, sorry, June was found on the floor of her bedroom and Sheila's body nearby. So June's body was found at the end of the bed, shot. And then Sheila's body was found to the left-hand side of the bed, close to where um, a phone would have been. 
I had another phone in the bedroom and um, so they found that very weird and there was also two shots to Sheila's head which immediately to this one investigator was red flag but no one else saw that at the time so the two six-year-old boy twins um, Daniel and Nicholas were found in their beds and they appeared to have been killed in their sleep they had several uh, gunshots I think they had like five gunshots to each of them I think one was four one was five gunshots and they're little, two little twin boys absolutely awful um Sheila was found with the gun the murder weapon which was lying on her chest pointing up towards her neck with two gunshot wounds um so this is where it immediately in the show I'm just like okay what the hell is going on here like this is insane so from the beginning of in the investigation, Sheila was believed to be guilty in committing the murder-suicide. Everyone immediately pointed their fingers towards her. You know, she was mentally ill. She didn't have a great relationship with her parents as they were super religious and she was not. Um, you know, even her ex-husband, they actually were separated just because of mostly men- uh, Sheila's mental health issues. Um, and, you know... The reason why Sheila and her boys were dropped off there was because it was a little simplification, and they were the boys were going to be going on a holiday with their dad. I think it was to Sweden for two weeks or two months actually. Sorry, two months I think it was. So they want like the grandparents wanted to see the boys for a little bit. So the dad dropped them and his ex-wife off. They still have a good relationship, obviously, to be healthy in front of the kids and stuff. But um, the mother Sheila did not want to go, and she actually begged for them not to be dropped off like she just didn't want to be around the mother so when they did get dropped off she was like can you please tell them that we don't want to be like praying at the dinner table because it scares the boys like the boys actually didn't let their grandma either like um you know very uptight very religious um and i think they she scared them a little bit the grandma scared the two little boys so um, there were several things that led Essex police to come to this conclusion. The first uh, was the way that she was found. It looked obvious that she had shot herself and committed suicide. Uh, a Bible was also found lying beside Sheila. And this made police consider um, whether it had been like a ritual killing. Because she like in case she like lost the plot and then just, you know, wanted to kill everyone. So the main factor that convicted police was that Sheila was behind the killings was her history of mental health problems. For several years before her death, Sheila had actually suffered from mental health, like I said before, and she'd been known to have psychotic episodes. Um, she'd actually recently got diagnosed too before that, that she had schizophrenia and she had to be in and out of like a mental institute as well. And she was on meds, she was on this, she was on that. And she really had some bad breaking points too and... um ended up resulting to go to like drugs and stuff which probably did not help her mental state at all and then when she came out of the um, institute in her most recent time she had to start taking these shots um i'm not sure what these shots were what sorry injections not shots sorry um, i'm not sure like what they were i'm really not good with that type of stuff so um so during the she would bang like her psychotic episodes so during her psychotic episodes she would bang her head against the wall um she had been known to get violent but mostly with herself never with other people i think she had lost her temper once at a party with her ex-husband um because it looked like he had been flirting with another woman and she punched her fist into a glass but was very very gentle with the boys never ever hurt them i would never get violent in front of them 
But um, the only time that her husband had ever actually really saw her lose her temper at someone or a physical object was at a house party. Now, her husband was known to be like a little bit of a player. Um, the reason why they're not together anymore was because he was having like a two year long affair with this other lady, which he ends up marrying um, right after he gets divorced from um, Sheila. So... I yeah I can see why that would take a toll on someone's uh mental health like that's just not really a fun thing to have to go through especially when you have two little six-year-old boys um so Sheila who had been adopted by the bombers when she was a baby had been diagnosed with um schizoaffective disorder two years <clears throat> before her death um doctors described her as believing that she had been given powers by the devil, which meant she could uh, project evil onto others, including making her sons be violent. Um. So yeah, people like she thought at one point that the devil had, you know, possessed her sons and was like freaking out at one stage, just being like, "Take them away! I can see that the devil is in them." Like, and I actually think this has a lot to do with like her mother being so sacrilegious. Like she's just insane like a bible basher just like mental with religion and being like a, a christian or whatever um it doesn't actually state what religion her mum was but um i can imagine it was like anglican or um just christian or whatever but definitely not i don't think she was catholic but anyway so doctors described her as believing that she had sorry i read that part um she'd been spoken about killing herself but doctors did not believe she was actually capable of doing so and she wasn't a general risk to her she wasn't a genuine risk to herself or others now this is written in actual paper signed by her own psychologists and doctors from the mental hospital so sheila had been admitted to a hospital several times the last two of which was a matter of months before the murders when she was discharged sheila was put on a strong medication um this was the injection that i was talking about um, and she had to be given a monthly injection of an antipsychotic drug that had a sedative effect, so it kind of calmed her down. Um, Sheila's mental health issues are believed to have been worsened by her relationship with June, who herself had a history of poor mental health. So even her own mother did struggle with mental health. And like in the show, they don't really show that. They show that the mum's this just like perfect little Essex lady. Now, where they grew up was on an extremely wealthy farm, like filthy rich um farm back in essex and um it's beautiful like it's a gorgeous looking farm you can actually look at pictures of it the house still stands and on the grounds of the house it is stunning it is just everything you could possibly imagine so it is reported that sheila didn't think june who was um who was extremely religious agreed with her lifestyle which included modeling partying and drugs um so sheila was beautiful like she was a model back in the day in the 80s and of course she starts getting influenced by drugs and just a party scene and all this stuff so when sheila was just 17 years old she fell pregnant but june and neville arranged an abortion for her which is insane too because of how religious they are but i guess you know they didn't want um babies before she was ever married and probably just the whole thing of like oh what are people gonna think in our small town like that's small talk and how much your appearance actually matters that's a really common thing um back home i think that's one thing in a city it's like even if you do have family here it's like no one still really knows all your business 
Um, so when Sheila was, uh, sorry, their relationship seemingly fell apart after that. And when June found that Sheila was sunbathing naked with her boyfriend, Colin, who was her ex-husband, it got worse. They were sitting in a field right out of the house. Well, not right out of the house, probably like in the, you know, it was quite a distance. The mum came across them sunbathing naked and they're little hippies and it's quite cute. June reportedly started calling Sheila the devil's child, something that uh, one psychiatrist blamed Sheila's belief that she had been taken over by the devil. That's what I was saying. I think the mom actually had a lot to do with um, her actual own mental health issues. So the police were so convinced that Sheila was the killer that the evidence was destroyed just days after the murders. They actually dug this massive pit meters from the front door and burnt every single piece of evidence every blood-stained item all the mattresses all the blankets literally everything from the crime scene they burnt apart from one thing which helps them solve the crime so the crime scene was not secured or properly searched and some evidence was not recorded um, the bloodstained bedding and carpets were burnt so as not to upset Jeremy and any of, of the biggest mistakes um, was the treatment of the gun. The rifle was moved several times by officers who were not wearing gloves and it was not examined for fingerprints until weeks later because there was a... Uh, now, I um, have no idea if this was part of the drama series or if this was actually real but there's two detectives one detective's like so prominent that it is sheila sheila was the murderer sheila lost the plot she went berserk and she killed her whole family and that's that get rid of it and he's just like um i think he's like he's a welsh detective i think that's where his accent is and he is just such a dick you just hate him so much he's just such a know-it-all he's up in his high horse and he there's this other detective who's like you know where's his heart and his sleeve he actually cares about the family and he's supposed to be working with the family and the grief aspect of things um but he actually goes deeper into the investigation and kind of gets his like nose into it which thank god he does um and so he gets he's trying to find out more he doesn't believe that it's sheila and all these other family members are starting to come forward being like we don't think it's sheila we don't think it's this we don't think it's that and like then he start his you know all these red flags are coming up and he decides fuck it i'm gonna do my own research so photos from the crime scene also showed up with the gun with multiple locations when nothing should have been touched a silencer in the house was then found by police but rather by family members who are at the house looking for, um, you know, some of June's trinkets and stuff that was left in the house that they could take. They were left in the will. So June had a niece that she was extremely close with. And um, I can't remember who her, what's her name really quick. I have it written down here. Excuse me in notes that I wanted to, um, I wanted to find you. So Anne Eaton um i think was her name um who was in there with her brother and her husband um to like look into you know further detail and that's when they found the silencer underneath the stairs in the house and it actually had looked like on the silencer that there had been blood and red paint and there was red paint on the mantelpiece just above where bomber's body had been found by the fireplace um so the silencer was not found by police but rather a family member who were at the house days later several pieces of evidence such as the bible were never examined jeremy's bamber's clothes were not examined until a month after the murders and officers who dealt with him 
wrote their statements weeks after the events so they didn't write them there and then while it's fresh in their heads like oh we'll give it a few weeks it's not him anyway so it doesn't matter um sheila and june and neville's bodies were released within days of the murders allowing them to be cremated which you know they just wanted over and done with they're like fuck it like it's done now so the police investigation into the death of the white house farms uh, was all but closed and blamed on sheila when vital new evidence came to light julie mugford jeremy bamber's girlfriend came forward after killings to the change of her statement um she had previously supported Jeremy, saying that he had phoned her that night worried about his family. However, on September of 1985, she took all of that back. Now, you really, really feel... Um you really, really feel bad for Julie. You know, she's this woman who is just so in love with this prick of a guy. He's just a partier. He's really interested in other women. She's just kind of being like used and abused, essentially. He doesn't actually care about her. She's just this lady, essentially, and this piece of meat that he gets to use, essentially. And I think she just becomes sick of it and she cracks. That will happen with women. They don't always stand for men's bullshit, believe it or not. Men. um so she had reported that he called her that night so anyways um this time she told police that jeremy had spoken about killing his family several times in the past and on august 6th of 1965 um he had said tonight or never now i think he had a huge issue with jealousy with his older sister um he also didn't like how um his parents never talked about the will and what he was going to get there was also rumored that him and julie had broke into their caravan park down the road now they own this campervan park or trailer park no it's not a trailer park it's like a campsite um called i think it was like called oceanside's campground and he went in and stole the equivalent of like a thousand pounds it's probably like five thousand pounds now and just kind of took it and went ran with it um and julie had also mentioned that in the interview too when she cracked so she told police that jeremy had not committed the murders himself but he had hired a man to do so um mugford said that jeremy had it all planned to to look like sheila had to kill them all following the news statement jeremy bamber was arrested on suspicion of murder the very next day now when he planned it the way he did it was that every this was the police argument against her that he there's no way he could have done it because the house was completely locked from the inside out like there's no way unless you had a key um and there was no forced entry the doors were all locked when the police got there the police actually did not down the door but um june's niece came forward and she had noticed that one of the kitchen windows above the sink you can open it from the outside because it was it never completely shut so only people who have ever lived in that house would have known that so she went to this investigator who was like kind of standing up for them and kind of fighting for them and told them this piece of evidence so once they kind of got that they're like only a family member would know that including bambi so um he was it just like things were adding up basically what he was saying so following his new statement jeremy, ba- jeremy bamber was arrested and suspicious of the murder the very next day he told police that mugford had made it all up as he had said he wanted to end their relationship the person she claimed bamber had hired had a solid alibi that he was released without char or sorry without any charges 
Um, Bamber was to release shortly after and went on holiday with his new friend um, who in the show they perceived to have like a little bit of like a queer relationship like they're not he doesn't seem to just be straight he seems to be like a little bit interested in playing both sides of the field and they went off to Amsterdam however upon his return he was arrested at Dover and charged with the murders on October the following year, Jeremy Bamber was put on trial in Chelmsford Crown Court with the murders of his family. After 18 days of the hearing, Bamber was convicted by a majority of the jury, 10 out of 2, which I love that they do in England because I don't think that's a thing actually down in the States. Well, obviously, depending on what state you live in. Um, the court found that Bamber had slaughtered his family out of hatred and greed. He just wanted everything that was on that will. He was jealous by his parents that gave Sheila more money than him. And they gave... So they basically gave her money out of pity essentially she was really not mentally stable and she needed to live in london for her modeling career so they had bought her this flat down in um high-end london street and you know they wanted her to do well and they realized this is something they had to do to make her better and he hated that he was so envious and just horrible to her so um they concluded that he went to the house on a bicycle so that he was not heard and made it look like Sheila had killed them all. Um, then when he was home, he called the police and lied about being phoned by his father. So what police suspect was, um, so how they actually concluded that there's no way she could have killed herself with this massive long rifle with the silencer on top because her arms literally could not reach where, sorry, I'm like acting it out and I'm moving away from the microphone. So sorry if I got kind of silent there. Um, how they... They, they took the gun into evidence and they made this woman who was about Sheila's height lie down with the gun pointing up to her chest pointing up to her chin and when they did that um they could see that she could pull the trigger but then when they put the silencer on she was probably about like five inches away from the trigger and she could not pull the trigger so what Bamber thought was like fuck if they look into this I need to hide the silencer because the silencer is not on the gun. And the police were like, well, where is the silencer? Like, where could she have thrown it and hit it before she killed herself? And um, so he obviously had, like, thought that through. So he hit the silencer and left the gun on her chase place neatly to make it look like she had committed suicide. But, of course, this amazing investigator figures it out. that There's no way she could have killed herself. Um, So... Uh, let's move on here. So Bamber's defense claimed that Mugford had lied in her statement because she had betrayed her. So she wanted to punish him. Um, they said that Sheila knew how to fire guns and that she had very serious mental illness so much so that she had told doctors that she felt capable of killing her sons, which was not true. Despite the arguments of the defense, Bamber was found guilty of five counts of murders. Um, the judge sent him to five um, life terms with a sorry with a recommendation that he serve a minimum of 25 years in 1994 Bamber was told that he would never be released from prison um and actually at the time after this like murder um his ex-girlfriend Bamber's ex-girlfriend um was like if I give you more evidence and if I give you more story will you promise that I don't get in trouble now i think nowadays if that was happened she would have been put in jail because she was withholding evidence from police and was lying and basically maybe had been an accomplice on the murder essentially because she had known literally half an hour that he had killed them all he was like it's now or never um and there was no such thing as this hitman it was only bamber he was the only man that did it 
and um, I just I really love the dramatic or the drama that they put into the show um, of White House Farms. It's fantastic. It's so well done, and you just love you love the niece. She's just trying so hard to prove that there's no way that her cousin could have done this. She loved her cousin. She knew her cousin was like this gentle soul. Yes, she was mentally unstable. But she was a gentle little lady. And also, police were like, once they started to see these red flags with uh, Bamber, they were like, okay, how on earth could she have fought off, like, her 250-pound dad? And she's a tiny, like, nearly 100-pound woman. Like, she's tiny. And, you know, probably sedated a little bit too from like her her drugs and medicine that she was on like there is just no way the that the fight and the bruises and the black eyes and the blood the blood force trauma on the back of his head like it just it didn't add up as to how she could have fought him um but anyways that is the story please check out the show it is freaking it's so good i'm I, i honestly love it so much um but yeah that's like literally all the information i could find um on the show or on the murder god i can't talk i have camping brain i just can't wait to go i'm so excited but anyways guys i hope you are all well and staying safe we're coming to the end of this i'm so happy to see that like even here in alberta we're hoping to be vaccinated by june um if it doesn't happen it doesn't happen but it's really good to see that you know even 75 year olds are being able to get vaccinated now and it's really making me happy we're coming to an end and just hold in there i know it's tough and i know everyone's like friendships and stuff are kind of like falling apart because nobody has time or patience for anyone right now because there's nothing to talk about there's nothing to even excite ourselves or entertain ourselves with and it's tough it's really really tough but get out there get some fresh air even go outside for 10 minutes you don't have to exercise you don't have to walk but just sit out and soak up some sun i mean i know if you live in ireland or england right now the weather's so shy that you can't but if you can try your best guys Anyways, thanks so much for listening. Please don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and uh, we'll see you next week. Bye!